I'm John Bond. Welcome to Move Yourself Happy. Made for fitness enthusiasts who want to make their passion their profession. Are you unhappy in your present job? Are you passionate about health and fitness? Do you want to release your true potential? If the answer is yes, this podcast is for you. I will be teaching you the specific knowledge that every trainer and coach needs to be successful. So listen closely as I share my expertise with you. So just like me, you can love what you do. Welcome back. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about barefoot training. And the reason I'm talking about barefoot training is because as a PT and as a teacher of PTs, I get asked quite a lot about barefoot training, probably because I wear barefoot training trainers. So it'll often spark a conversation because people will notice what I'm wearing on my feet. And that then leads on to a conversation about the benefits, you know, what people can expect the first time they start wearing them, and then how to sort of encourage clients to adopt barefoot training and barefoot living long term. So I'm going to be covering all of that in today's podcast. So first of all, let's talk about what actually is barefoot training. So it's not necessarily being barefoot. People might get put off by that. And I think, well, I don't want to do things in bare feet. I hurt my feet. Well, I can understand that. But actually, barefoot training isn't necessarily barefoot. It's training with minimal footwear, minimal material around the feet. Now, my personal experience of barefoot training has been positive, but it wasn't always that way. So when I first started wearing barefoot training shoes, this would have been about 15 years ago now, and my original experience was I didn't really like it. So I found that my it really impacted on my running performance. And you know, I bought into the theory behind it all, but then when I actually started doing the, the practice of it, it kind of impacted my enjoyment of running because my, my run times weren't as good. And the thing you have to remember is, and what I didn't really think about, is my whole life I've been used to wearing thick-soled shoes, as we all do, as most people do. We wear shoes that have a thick heel. So I've been used to running with that kind of sponginess under my feet. So the moment I got rid of those and started wearing barefoot, thin, thin soles, minimal material around my feet, there was a little bit of a shock to the system where my body was like, oh, okay, this is different, not used to this. And instead of being tough and, you know, staying the course and, you know, educating myself on that and and being aware that, well, yeah, that's going to be a thing, I kind of gave up. And I regret that a little bit. So anyway, I had another stab at it a few years later, quite a few years later now, and I stayed the course and, my God, I wished I'd stuck to it sooner, or, you know, adopted it much sooner because um, I prefer it so much more now. So my personal experience is when I went running with my old running shoes, so different pairs of shoes I've used over the years, but with the, you know, the classic thicker heel, spongy sole, expensive shoes, you know, all the big branded shoes, I would experience knee pain and I'd also get lower back pain. It, I mean, for those of you that know me, 
I'm not, I'm not, a na- I don't have a natural runner's physique. So even though I do tend to do things like 10Ks, half marathons, I've done marathons, I've done an ultra, I shouldn't really with my body composition and my structure, and my frame. So it's understandable really that I would get knee pain and, and, and lower back pain when doing those sort of activities. But since I started wearing the barefoots, that disappeared like overnight. I'm not exaggerating. I just don't get it. I don't get that at all. Now I did, um, I've done a few half marathons now with my barefoot running trainers. And uh, I did one particular one. um, Oh God, I can't remember the name of it now. It's in Surrey. It's the the North Downs Way half, I think it's called. Uh, Extremely hilly. The, The weather was awful. And then there were people that went past me and sort of laughed and made reference to the shoes I was wearing. And uh, and I actually, I remember doing it thinking, um, yeah, but this is so much more natural. This is, this is, this feels so much better for my feet. I'm not getting the knee pain, the ankle pain or the, the, the lower back pain, the hip pain that I used to get. And this is the thing, like previously... I would just I'd just have to run through all that. It'd always be the same sort of mileage as well. I'd get about six miles in around the 10k mark and things would start to throb. Whereas now I don't get that. So my personal experience is it has eliminated any kind of running based pain um when when I'm out running and particularly in these long distance uh, races and runs and things. So I love it. So let's just go briefly into the history now obviously shoes have been around for a long time we've been wearing shoes for a long time they were first worn by uh, africans more than forty thousand years ago sandals basically and made from thick antelope skin so they were they were to protect your feet basically when you're out hunting gathering whatever you're doing obviously there's going to be things on the floor that are going to penetrate the skin so they were designed just to protect the sole of the feet. They weren't based. They weren't designed to give all the ankle support like to today's shoes perhaps do. They were just simply a protective layer between the bottom of your feet and the ground. Now, if you think about how long we've been on the planet for, as a species, we have been hunter-gatherers more than anything else. Six thousand six hundred sixty-six generations of hunter-gatherers but only 366 generations of farmers. Now, if you look at very recently, the last seven generations have been what we call industrialised city dwellers. Um, And, you know, God, even more recently, the last four generations, we now have people that are completely sedentary. So that's what we might call the modern day human, somebody that can actually go through their entire life being minimally active being very very sedentary so a very very small speck in the timeline of the human the human existence has been wearing the shoes we wear today so most of the most of our existence has been barefoot and then on top of that we've had minimal footwear so really Barefoot training isn't this new fandangled craze that's sort of just come about. Barefoot training or you know barefoot living has been around for 
the majority of human existence. Now, in 1951, barefoot training or barefoot living, running, whatever you want to call it, was reintroduced by a Japanese runner, if I can get the pronunciation right, Shigake Tanaka. And he won the Boston Marathon in a pair of shoes that were basically like socks that just separated his big toe from the rest of his foot. But essentially he was wearing a pair of socks. So just something to just protect, a little little bit of a protective layer between the base of his foot and the ground. And obviously at the time people were like, well this is a bit strange. That's not, you know, that's not sensible running footwear. Which still baffles me now because if you think about it, like what I said previously about this timeline of human existence wearing thick soled shoes with you know lots of support is just a, a speck on the timeline so that is that that that's the kind of un, unusual thing to do is to wear these 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 shoes that we so commonly wear now now there was a book i read a while back now and some of you guys might have read this called born to run it's a great book if you haven't read it and it's about a chap called Christopher McDougall. He's an author, a journalist. Uh, you can check out his TED Talk if you go on YouTube or go on the uh, TED website. And he's basically um, an avid runner. And he was told by doctors that he's never going to run again. But then he found the Tarahamara tribe, which is a, a, a group of South Americans and Mexicans who are considered to be among the best distance runners in the world. And from them, he learned the healing effects of barefoot running. So he, similar to me, although his story is a lot more dramatic, a lot more impressive, I didn't disappear off to uh, Mexico to run with a, a Mexican tribe. Uh, I, I think I did mine on uh, mainly around Finden and Sisbury Ring, but um, in sunny Sussex. But he, he uh, ran with these runners and he found that he was able to run again simply by wearing nothing on his feet. <laughs> so barefoot running. And he fell back in love with running. And it's a great book, so give it a read. It, it, it was one of those ones where I started getting into running. And uh, I did a little Google, you know, good books to read when you're, when you're into running. And that one always comes up. Anything to do with running, that one comes up. And I read it and it did, it, it, it just... It makes you love running. Now, today, obviously, humans spend a large portion of the day in a seated posture and don't tend to move around too much. We might do short bursts of activity. We might go to the gym for a, you know 30 minutes to an hour and then we return back to our seats and sit in front of our screens. So that's quite an unnatural way of living compared to how we have lived for the last, you know, 300,000 years. Now, really what we should be doing is regular low intensity movement on two feet under gravity. And, you know, Christopher McDougall says in his book, it's the best anti-aging program known to humans. So people that are thinking about getting into this, they would be looking at doing things like getting a standing desk. So they're standing on their own two feet with either barefoot or with barefoot shoes. And when they're commuting, wearing the barefoot shoes, and just trying to increase more low intensity activity with barefoot shoes, 
just getting your feet exposed to doing what they're meant to do, supporting your body weight and um, absorbing the ground reaction forces. So let me talk about the, the role of the feet with regards to motor skills and, and the control of the body, etc. So one of those is sensation. So the feet are a central part of your, your peripheral nervous system. They collect information about your external environment. So obviously they're coming in contact with the floor, they're picking up information from the ground and they're relaying that back to the central nervous system, which is your brain and your spinal cord. Your brain processes that information and then decides what to do with it. And your hands do the same. You know, when you touch things, it will pick up the changes in temperature, the feeling, etc. And then brain does the same. It sends that via the peripheral nervous system to the central nervous system and it decides what to do. So our hands still do that job relatively well, but the feet have started to lose that role because of the addition of footwear. So when we have a lot of thick material around our feet, then we lose the sensation. So the feet not only lose the ability to do that, but they 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 don't they're not capable of doing that anymore because of this barrier. So we we're not and I don't want this to sound really kind of out there and overly spiritual, but we're not at one with our external environment because we have we don't have any real contact with the floor. Now another role of the feet is stability and I made reference to this previously in a podcast episode about stabilization and essentially our feet are arches they should have like a natural arch and that's like a spring so every time we foot strike if you remember Newton's law every action has an opposite and equal reaction so the force you apply into the ground to move you'll get the same amount of force going back into the foot. Now, if you've got a, a foot that's covered in thick material, ankle support, etc., uh, you know, a, a common shoe, that will then bypass the foot, get sent up to the knees, the hips, the lower back, etc. So you're not allowing the jot the the foot to do its job, and you know, absorb that impact from the ground. And if you think about how many different ligaments and muscles and tendons there are in the foot they are there to absorb those ground reaction forces um but they're not doing that so they're they're, they're kind of at, not only are they atrophying because they're not getting the training um but they can't do it anyway because of the the foot the shoe sorry now the other thing that feet do is actually they they become very very strong so without excess footwear our feet actually increase in strength. And they have on them what's known as rockers. There's three rockers, the heel rocker, the ankle rocker, and the, the forefoot, the big toe mainly. And the flexibility and strength of these rockers are crucial for good movement mechanics. So to move well, you know, natural locomotion, we need to train those rockers. And if you look at, again, traditional shoes, that we wear or we're meant to wear we're encouraged to wear from from you know as soon as we can walk they make it extremely difficult to train the strength and flexibility of those rockers so we basically we end up with weak feet that get injured and hurt and can't produce as much force and stability as they should be able to do now i know people will talk about 
you know, oh, we should just all be in bare feet because it's natural, it's what Mother Nature wanted, it's what God wants, whatever. Um, now, that we call that the naturalistic fallacy. So just because something is deemed as being natural doesn't mean it's good because obviously shoes can be good, can't they? Like, as we mentioned, those sort of indigenous Indians, they would wear, uh, and the Africans would wear something on the bottom of their feet to protect their feet from the ground so if they had if they did tread on something sharp or um you know something that was going to hurt them at least they had a bit of protection and that's what shoes do they they offer protection so we're not saying don't wear shoes we're saying shoes can be great you've just got to make sure you choose the right shoes shoes that will protect you from the ground but still give you the sensation um, you know, the, the where you can collect the information from the external environment, relay that to your central nervous system and allowing, you know, the, the three rockers to, to do their job and get strong, absorb ground reaction forces, etc. And obviously shoes keep your feet warm as well. So if you're out and about, I mean, I've got um, I've got a pair of hiking boots that I bought from Vivo, which I'm going to come to Vivo Barefoot. And. I mean, they're wonderful. They're barefoot hiking boots, but they're, they're extremely warm. They keep my feet very warm. So if I go out in the winter, my feet are very snug. And I like that. <laughs> I like having warm feet, um, but they're protected. You know, and I've worn those in all sorts of different terrains. You know, where I live, there's a lot of flint, a lot of flint. And I've never once felt the flint in the bottom of my foot from wearing those those hiking boots. So they're definitely protecting my feet. They're keeping them warm. And also, little shameless plug here for Vivo, but I think they look pretty cool. The the hiking boots that I've got, they look really cool. People go, oh, I like your boots. I hear that all the time from uh, friends and what have you. And, I'm, and that's that, that's my chance to then start plugging um, Vivo and, and those, those types of shoes. So I'll come to that anyway. But um, if you want protection, if you want warmth, if you want something to look good, then you can't go wrong getting yourself a nice pair of Vivo Barefoots. So if you're looking to select a minimalist shoe, now obviously I've just been plugging Vivo Barefoots already, um, but you don't have to go with Vivo Barefoot. There's, there's lots of different companies. My first pair I bought, I'm pretty sure, so not back 15 years ago when I said that I originally started doing it, but when I came back, so my barefoot training comeback I think the first pair I bought was on Amazon and they were absolutely fine. They just wear out very quickly and they, I could feel, I could feel stones. So as I mentioned, there's a lot of flint around where I live and I could feel that. And the, the number of times I, I mean, I'd got, I'd bruised feet all the time from just landing on stones and things. And, uh, since I, since I moved over to Vivo Barefoot, I don't get that because they're, they're a lot more robust under the foot. So you'll feel the ground, so you'll be able to sense, you know, the external environment, but you don't get hurt as much. So minimalist shoes basically allow your feet to do their thing. They're they're wide, so they're, they're not sort of tight like today's traditional shoes. So it means that your feet can kind of spread a bit more. If you look at the feet, you can go online and Google this, but if you look at the feet of um, people that, spend a lot of time wearing minimalist footwear or you know completely barefoot their feet are wider which 
straight away you can totally understand why they would have more stability. Wider feet, of course, is going to give you more stability on the ground. So you get a nice, robust, stable base of support. Uh, Millimeter shoes are going to have a, a thin sole, as we mentioned, to enhance the foot sensation on the ground. But you want them to be puncher resistant. So that was my problem when I bought Amazon shoes. No offense, Amazon, but the ones that I was buying on there, I bought a couple of different pairs. I would, yeah, I'd feel flint. I remember actually pulling a piece of flint out of the sole of my shoe once. Um, it cut my foot, not badly, but, you know, it did cut my foot. And I had to pull a, a lump of flint out. So this is, again, why you want to be careful which ones you buy. Um, they're very flexible. So if you get a minimalist shoe, pick it up. You can literally squash it into a ball. And that's how flexible they are. They allow that natural range of movement of the feet foot. So remember that the three rockers doing their thing, the, the muscles, the tendons and ligaments, flexing, extending, absorbing the ground reaction forces and strengthening, strengthening the muscles and the connective tissue. So you basically have a, a, a very strong, robust foot. Now think about the indigenous shoe. As we said, you know, it was it was pretty much the same as what you know some a company like Vivo Barefoots make now. Vivo Barefoots obviously they're going to be more well, more fashionable, um, but they're going to be more puncher resistant as well. Um, so the but but they share the same characteristics. So the indigenous shoe was thin soled, wide wide and flexible, um, and like the the African sandal was made of you know patchy leather. Um, so like the laps, they'll have something very, very similar. They're reindeer boots. Again, they're very, very, very light, very flexible, um, but very warm. Now, as we get older, and I'm 44 now, so I have to think about these things. Depressing, isn't it? <laughs> no, I like it. I like getting old. You, you care about less about what other people think. That's one of the, most, that's one of the superpowers of getting older. <laughs> I like that. Um, but as you get older, something called sarcopenia and osteopenia occur with aging. So this is where your muscles will naturally atrophy. They will get smaller, which obviously means you're naturally going to get weaker. And we also get osteopenia, which is where your muscles will lose bone density. So they get weaker as well, more susceptible to fractures. So the idea is we need to really get as strong as we can throughout our life while we can. Because the stronger we are, the less atrophy we get when we're older. So this time, I mean, um, Peter Atier has talked about this. If you don't know who he is, Google him. But Peter Atier talks a lot about why you're young, build as much strength and, and muscle mass as you can because you're naturally going to be losing that as you get older. And if you haven't got much now, then, you know, when you're older, Christ, you know, you're going to be in trouble. So build it now. Um, and this is giving. This is going to give your your feet an opportunity to build strength, stability, because when you lose that when you're older, well, the 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 likelihood of you falling over and hurting yourself is going to be much greater. And we'll talk about some of the statistics as well with that, because it is it is a big killer when you know old people falling over. It's a it's a big killer. So build strength, get strong. Another big, big benefit of barefoot training is just living in barefoot training shoes. You're building the strength and stability of your feet without even thinking about it. 
Now, foot weakness, there was one study, I believe, oh, I don't want to quote this wrong, but I believe this was sponsored by Vivo Barefoot, and if I'm wrong, I apologise, um, but they um, they found that there was a direct correlation, sorry, an inverse correlation between wearing barefoot shoes and the risk of falls, which basically means the those that wear wear barefoot shoes or training barefoot shoes are less likely to fall over as they get older. Just six months of minimalist footwear increased foot strength by 60%. Just six months. So start now. So here we go. Statistics. 30 to 60% of older adults will have at least one fall every year. 10 to 20% of these falls will result in injury, hospital hospitalization or death so they are big statistics and you know this stuff i know it, it might you might feel like it's scaremongering but they're they're correct statistics so it doesn't have to be scary just do something about it minimal shoes are going to provide much better postural stability and gait stability than conventional shoes so start introducing these into your life and your future self is going to thank you for it now, something I haven't mentioned as well is the one of the problems with today's modern running shoes is they can result in injury. So a really, really common one is plantar fasciitis, which is like inflammation. And the, today's modern running shoe will modify the natural arch of the foot. So there's pr constant pressure and impact on the heel. And... What you find then is the, the plantar fascia and the connective tissue located around the heel bone becomes inflamed and this causes pain. High impact exercises, running, jumping, need good, good shock absorption. And that's, you know, where minimal footwear comes in because you'll get that natural shock absorption. And it's so common, people start running for the first time and they go from doing nothing to quite a high volume of running but when they wear modern day running shoes, as a result, they often get, you know, plantar fasciitis. So good way to avoid that. Get your barefoot running shoes. Now, if you're a trainer and you're thinking about transitioning to barefoot training or you're already a trainer that has transitioned to barefoot training and your client is curious, they're asking you why you wear barefoot training shoes and they want to start that transition themselves then it's all about managing expectation. I think that's the mistake that I made, certainly. So uh, you can learn from my mistakes and you know, just be mindful that when people start, most people actually stop pretty quickly because they realize it's, it's harder. It is harder at first. They jump in too quickly, they get frustrated and they give up. That was me the first time. So don't make the same mistake I made. Um, you're definitely going to find that you're going to get slower on your runs because you haven't got that springy cushioning anymore to propel you forward. So bear that in mind and just give it time. Manage your expectation. Manage your client's expectation. So let, let's, let, let me give you a few tips. So tip number one, give it time. You've been training with shoes and wearing shoes your whole life. So it is going to feel uncomfortable at first. Some of you might not. Some of you might be like, oh, this is actually all right. I quite like this. Great. But... If it does feel a bit weird, that's that's normal. Expect that. You're doing something different to what you have done for a long, long time. It's going to feel different. 
Start maybe with just 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, two to three times a week. Gradually expand, extend that by five minutes when you feel comfortable. So like with anything, you know, personal trainers listen to this, you know that when you get a client for the first time doing anything, you start with something that is achievable, challenges them a little bit, but is achievable for them, achievable and realistic. Do that with barefoot training and just every now and then when things start to get a little bit easier, progress it gradually. Number two, tip two, get ready for the doms. When you run mid foot to toe, your calf muscles will get a hell of a workout. My calves have grown, um, not massively. Um, I measure, I think they're about half an inch bigger, um, which, you know, I'm actually quite happy with. But they will, they, they'll get a lot more of a workout. That half marathon that I did in Surrey, the next day, so normally when I run, or what, what I used to get when I run, was my quads and my hamstrings and glutes and things, they would be throbbing. It's my calves. My calves throb now with the barefoot training. Um, even your foot muscle is going to ache. So your feet, your, your actual feet will ache. I mean, that's a rare sensation. Not many people have experienced foot muscles aching, but that's great. That means your feet are getting training. So eventually all of that's going to lead to adaptation and an increase in strength and size, which your future self is going to thank you for. Third tip, practice your mechanics. So, you know, you're going to have to change your running mechanics slightly. So adjust your running form. Even when you're wearing your old running shoes, is just start to run a bit more like a barefoot runner. So every time you go run, you know, think about your technique, pay attention to where your foot hits the ground and try and practice landing on the midfoot or even on the fifth, on the forefoot if, uh, if you can. But you're not going to do a heel strike anymore because you, ha you haven't got that sponginess of support under the heel. So it's going to be a midfoot, mid to forefoot strike. So practice that. Tip four, land gently. I definitely made that mistake when I, I mean, I'm heavy, I'm heavy handed, I'm heavy footed, I'm heavy everything. I get told off by my wife for this when I'm walking around the house and making too much noise, especially in the night when I get up for a wee, I get told off for being too loud. But try and land gently when you're running. When I first transitioned to barefoot running shoes, I'd be like, God, blimey, pounding the ground, like, oh, feeling that. So I've learned to be more like a ninja now. So when I land, I'm landing a bit more gently which is, is great for my running, but good for my marriage as well. <laughs> um, you've got less protection. So if you, you, know, if you haven't got the sponginess, you're going to want to hit that ground with a little bit more, a little bit more softness. Practice moving your legs faster. So you're already pushing up with the next foot as soon as you land with the first one. Quicker steps reduce the ground impact. So you're going to move your feet faster, probably a higher cadence and less force put through the floor. Tip five, wear shoes only if you need to. Um, so I, I, uh, th this is me, this is me all over. So I, I've got, and I'm gonna mention Vivo Barefoot again. I've got the B B Vivo Barefoot hiking shoes. I've got, um, I've got a pair of shoes that I wear in the gym. Um, the v Vivo Barefoot shoes I wear just for the gym. So I keep those, you know, they're relatively clean. And then I've got, uh, trail shoes 
which I wear, so the trail running shoes. And then I've got like a more of a casual, kind of nicer looking pair that I can wear to like the cinema or, you know, if I'm going out in the daytime and uh, I don't need to look too smart casual, I'd call those. So what's that? Four pairs I've got. Um, so I'm in those all the time. And the only time I ever wear normal shoes is, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't actually remember the last time I wore, oh, I know, uh, it would have been for my, uh, for my wedding. I wore, yeah, I wore normal shoes then uh, that day um that was the last time so generally i just never wear normal shoes now it's always my my barefoots and i love it now as i mentioned there are some cheaper brands on amazon and they they'll do the job but they just don't last you'll get through them quicker so sometimes it's false economy i found that i was just replacing them much faster whereas now i purchase from vivo barefoot and they just last they last much longer um, they look cool as well. They're a nice design and they're really resistant to punctures. So I haven't had to pull anything out the bottom of my foot yet since I've been wearing Vivo Barefoots, where I did, unfortunately, with the others. So that's been my experience. All right, here we go. So you can, if you do decide to go and get the Vivos, the, barefoot, the Vivo Barefoots, visit their website. So just Google Vivo Barefoot and when you find a pair of shoes you like add them to your basket when you get to the checkout you can add a discount code so we've got a discount code here so it's uh, vivo pro 10 so just type in v i v o p r o vivo pro 10 and you'll get a 10 percent discount um so there we go so every little helps doesn't it so that's my take on uh barefoot training just to, to reiterate, I mean, I I, pers- I don't want to get my soapbox too much, but I personally think for anyone that's a health and fitness enthusiast, this is a natural progression. It's the next thing, isn't it? Along with everything else that I push and promote, I think moving on to minimalist footwear and spending your life, whether it's at work, at play, training in barefoot training shoes barefoot shoes your future self is going to thank you for it you're going to have strong robust feet you're going to have more connection with your external environment you're going to have less injury risk and you're just going to be all round better person in my opinion (laughs) okay i hope that was helpful i'm going to go i'm going to get out now i'm going to get out there it's just awful weather at the moment it's wind it's rain i don't care i'm going to put my vivos on i'm going to get out there and i'm going to clock up some miles so see you next time now if you enjoyed today's episode something you can do for me is subscribe to my show and if you know anyone else that might be interested in this content then please share it with them too you can also head over to our socials and follow us on tiktok instagram facebook and youtube But if you're ready to take that next step, visit our website, www.stormfitnessacademy.co.uk. Fill out a contact form that'll come straight to me. I will contact you shortly afterwards and I look forward to speaking to you then.